just like with guitar and clean guitar, you're running a 50 foot speaker cable or guitar cable, I mean, mm. um, you need a buffer pedal. Mm. And it's like a clean boost is what they call it, but it's just basically to boost the signal. That could be the difference between them. Gotcha. I just, I don't use them very often. Yeah. People tell me I should, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Dude, how you're talking about your knowledge of that is, it's very similar to how I and a, like a, a lot of other like developers talk about programming. Like there's just there's so much to know, there's too much to know as far as like all the different tools and technologies and techniques that a lot of times you're just like, well, this is the mic I use on kick drums for for like the clicks clicking sound or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you're just like, well, this is the this is the software library I use to do this one thing. I don't really know how it works. I use this one thing out of it. And it works really well. So, yeah. like, it's a tool in the toolkit. I can't understand everything from first principles, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. You're, uh, there's a lot of tools out there, but there's a you lot got you got to just use them. There. You can't you can't learn like you know people want to learn Photoshop 100 percent before they get in it and start editing. Uh, and it's yeah. like that it's like that type of attitude. It's like shit. you, yeah. you got to get your hands dirty. You're not going to know everything. You'll figure it out over time. <laughs> but, you know, you got to... The shitty part is, is there's people who are really smart and really good at what they do. Oh, really smart and really good at what they do. And the thing is, is they like to tell people who are just starting out, the people you're talking about, they like to tell them in the audio world... They like to tell them, oh, you're a beginner. You don't need to figure out what side chaining is yet. You need to figure out what balance is. You need to figure out what this and this and your early, early basics are. Yeah, that's true. But it's excitement that keeps us going. Mm -hmm. And so there's a shit ton of... There's a shit ton of people that I listen to on podcasts and interviews, and I respect them highly, but I don't respect the way that they treat people who just get started in this. And, like... They're kind of elitist, almost. They're... Yeah. But there's also some guys that I know who are really good and are just as good as those people. They're just not in the spotlight. And they're just like, you know, I don't talk about people like that. I don't tell people that I don't make people to feel like feel like they're stupid just because they're trying to figure something out that they right. heard about like oh I heard about this and I heard about this and like well that's way later on down the road no it's okay let them get excited mm-hmm. let them get excited right now that's the whole reason why we do this mm-hmm. that's the only reason why it's a passion that's the reason why we love doing it for multiple periods of time with a shit ton of fails <laughs> well and there's an <laughs> immense practicality to that because once again, I'm comparing this to my experience, like of coding and learning how to code. Like, you you can't just go to the documentation and just read the documentation and learn. Like, you're gonna have to take it bite by bite of what's exciting to me and also relevant to my learning. Mm-hmm. And you you have to try out projects or like, you know, in your side of things, like work work with songs and just try and remix the same songs multiple times yeah. and try things that you know you won't release but you're just working on a, a certain skill or want to prove that you can work with a certain exactly. technology i don't i don't know like whatever it is it's it's yeah and it's like it's just man at the end of the day we're just trying to make something that sounds really dope that gave us some sort of emotion that like 
like when you hear that first riff for the first time that made you feel that wonderful way that you're like yes that's the next part in that song like we're just chasing that feeling mm -hmm. we're just drug addicts chasing a high but <laughs> without the drug part <laughs> right <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but it's i don't know there, there's so many ways that we can sit here and try to like explain what it is that we're feeling during the process but to to tell you the truth, it's not it's not big enough. It doesn't. You can t try to tell somebody about it, but it's not gonna make them feel the way that you feel in that moment when every single person's like energy and frequency is aligning with each other, and everybody is making magic. I mean, I'm not gonna mention what band this is, or can I say that it? There's a what? band I'm. There's a band I might have recorded oh, recently. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I well, mean, we're not gonna. We're gonna talk about it in detail on another episode. But okay. you know, we once did it's record released, with we did. Yeah, we did recently. record with Michael, and it but, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. So, I mean, but thank you. There's very. I'm not saying that there's very few times because I've worked with a lot of really talented people, and there's a lot of people that I feel like most people don't give enough credit to that I felt like were really good musicians that I recorded and like deserved more praise, but that's another story. <laughs> but there's few projects that I've done and definitely Sledge is one of them. Sledge is like, Oh yeah. Sledge is one of the bands that showed me what real musicians like really, really like serious, like serious, mm -hmm. thoughtful music. Like, Hey, we're coming to you to record, but like, check out, we already have our vision set. And it's like, we need you to help facilitate this process of getting it out to the world. That's basically what it came to. And there was a lot of technical, there was a lot of, you know, technical stuff that we needed to get done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, shout out my boy Kramer, my right hand fucking guy. Like, he has been my right hand dude for like all of the big, big projects and yeah, it's stressful Kramer for me. is a craftsman. Yeah, yeah behind the behind shit. the keys. <laughs> Kramer is the fucking shit. Like, without him, Slamnasium wouldn't have gotten to where it was. But I had to learn that I needed to outsource at an earlier point. Like, I, I, I did, I did mm. everything myself for the longest. But you know what I mean. Like, once Kramer stepped in and helped and took some load off, mm. I was able to stay creative in the most important part because, as somebody. I don't consider myself a producer. I just want to consider myself a a temporary band member. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's I but I'm not a decision maker. Like I'm in here with you guys to understand the vision and listen to you guys talk amongst yourself about the vision and be able to try to incorporate that as it goes into the computer. Mm. Yes, there's mics and cables and stands and there's treatment and you know there's <laughs> There's EQs and compressors, and there's all this technical stuff like going straight into the computer, but it starts with what they're capturing first. And Sludge was one of the first bands that really, really opened my eyes to like. It was just a such. It was such an amazing experience. Like, I was a fan of that band. I was moshing for that band every chance that I got. Mm -hmm. And then Kevin was like, "Hey man." <laughs> uh. We want to record some songs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, let's fucking go. I was like, let's fucking do it. And I was like, who's doing vocals? And he was like, I don't know. I was like, well, what are we doing? We're doing Gruff. I was like, is that it? He's like, yeah, we're only doing Gruff. And then we did Gruff, never released. And then a year later, we did Gruff again. And I want to say you 
Yeah, there was a there was a version of it that I was on, but they I don't think it ever. What is Grub? What it's a song. Is, what is the original oh, fuck, I forgot what song it is now. I don't know the fucking original. I isn't just know it one that of those like Deftown and Grove and like? Isn't it others. one of the songs now though? That's on their most recent EP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, oh, Grub yeah. is the first song on the new EP. Yeah, the first oh, one. Okay. Yeah. Now there's a name, and the name pertains, you know, to the music and the lyrics, but. That's not what I know it by. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, we tried recording with together in my very primitive stage of my recording and producing. And, you know, I want to say James Belial was playing bass at the time, too. It was just, you know, a short period of time. Mm-hmm. But, like, once it came time to do the CP, I had felt like they were just completely evolved versions of them, mu- like, as musicians. Mm-hmm. Like, I always knew that I loved Colton's lyrics and his vocals. But until I heard them for the first time during recording, that's whenever I realized how much of a fucking gangster ass poet this motherfucker is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I could read his shit like all day long. I could read. That was the, his... that was definitely the vibe of our podcast with Colton as well. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. I did. We got, we got super philosophical. It was cool. I liked it. It's because man, those lyrics are so intense. And mm. I mean, yeah, you don't think about crying during moshing, but until I read the lyrics <laughs> to some of the songs, you yeah. know, from the first EP, and then, then that two song thing that they released, like, I realized how much of, how much hell one person can go through and still make it out on top like Colton has. Yeah, that kicks ass. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of shit that I love. And once it came time, like we knocked out the instruments, it wasn't quickly. You know, we took our time. We definitely like. We knocked out drums. It was most important part was like making sure that Kevin was happy with his process. And then as soon as we finished that, we stepped in and did guitar. Jacob Faye did it. And one of the things I completely respect outrageously was even though that Eric Claxon wrote the riffs, he told Jacob Faye, he's like, I want you to record them. He goes, because some things you can play better than I can. And of course, Jacob Faye the whole time is just like, no, man, maybe you should try it. He's like, no, stop. He's like, you're going to do it. He's like, you're way better at playing this riff than I am. Just do it. He's like, no, I think you should try it. And then, you know, Claxton will grab it and do some things. But every single part was, everybody was like, who's the best person under the band to nail this part? And they were like, automatically, you're elected. So that means that they mm. cared. Yeah. And to have people care like that going into the process, mm-hmm. it's like you don't think about it at the time, but thinking back on it, it was like it was destined for success from the beginning because every single person was passionate about it. Yeah, they and just so, want they 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 were all on the same wavelength of what they wanted. The everybody was vibing on the same yeah. frequency. So <laughs> you know it, what I mean. I feel like it's hard to find bands like that. That mm-hmm. and I mean I've heard about that method a lot. Well, you know I recorded are... one just recently. <laughs> <laughs> no man, we're not talking about that. <laughs> Here, okay. I actually I want to go. I want to go back to the beginning though, hmm. because and I don't even know this myself, but you've basically bootstrapped a small business, a small studio out of your house. Yeah. Like how, when did this all start? Yeah. Like yeah. how did you take us, <clears throat> take do us, this? Take us way back. Yeah. Take us back. <laughs> or maybe it wasn't This is back. the time we need the, the movie intro where it's like, I don't know. I didn't know anything about recording. I was living in a small, like, bumfuck 
nowhere fucking town in the middle of Oklahoma. What town? Paul's Valley. Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. Yeah. Now you got to think Paul's about this Valley. in the like in the trilateral like little triangle. There's Paola, Paul's Valley, and then there's Stratford, and it's like a triangle. Mm-hmm. And this is. A, is it like the Bermuda Triangle, basically? Pretty much, but except <laughs> like people you, go in and they don't fucking go out. Well, you drive into this trailer park on the east side of town, and as you pull in, it's like you know driving into water, and it's a whole nother form of white trash. Oh shit! You know and he, is it evolved or devolved? It's devolved. <laughs> We're going down in dimensions, boys. <laughs> but it's. It was a terrible place. I was the only person out of all my friends besides one other person that played guitar. I was passionate about rock music, mm. rock sounding music. Yeah. Everybody was listening to rap. You know, it was my teenage years. I put guitar down and like I just started doing hood rat shit with my friends. We were getting a shit tons of trouble, a shit ton of cop situations and a shit ton of like just bad situations. I, then, I hear that a lot from people that like come from small towns. Yeah. Especially this like, what else are you going to do? Like young guys, especially young men, are so reckless. So what I did was is I, I had met this girl named Hannah and, you know, I was like 16. Like my parents had just got a divorce. They split up. I'm living by myself in this town. And I had met her at this party and... We started going out. I met her sister and her sister's boyfriend. Now, her sister's boyfriend, this is the most key part. His name was Dustin Ballard. He's the guy who introduced me to the darker side of music. Like, mm-hmm. I was strictly just a kid that only heard mainstream as a child. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I was like old enough... Like radio rock. Yes. And as soon as I was old enough to, like, have friends and shit, I was grouped up clicked up doing hood rat shit i mean <laughs> it was we were constantly getting in trouble mm-hmm. then like i had met this girl and then met you know her sister's boyfriend and he had a giant case full of vhs tapes and dvds of like family values tour like nine inch nails dvds all the slipknot dvds any kind of new metal dvd he had it and nice. i just used to go over into his room while he was at work and I'd go through his DVDs and I'd watch every single one of them I pulled out. I'd pull out a new one every single day and I was just learning. And he had a white Ibanez sitting in the corner. So I was like, I want to play that motherfucker one day. Mm-hmm. So I started playing like Enter Sandman. Like, you know, I had nice. put guitar down for like four years. Mm-hmm. I never thought I was going to pick it back up again. And then I started, I started learning every Slipknot song. And that's where I built the strength in my arms. And I was working at Walmart at the time, and we got this new guy working with us, this guy named Brandon. And he had a recording program on his computer. Now, we're going to go back in time and talk <laughs> about old recording softwares yeah. that used to be free on these computers with, like, some Line 6 pedals that you could buy, like okay. the Red Bean and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, they used to have this that. program called um, Sonoma Works. I want to say. Works. So basically, it's like the it's the most shittiest version of a DAW ever. It's like shittier than a what was it's it? like Wait, a, a, a doll? A DAW, D A W, like a digital audio workstation. Oh, okay. So like, like it's the audacity. Yes, yeah. Is it like yeah, audacity? Yeah. So it's like it worse than audacity. It's way worse than audacity. Okay. Dude, I recorded my my uh, acoustic album on audacity. But nice. see, at sixteen, <laughs> I start or seventeen probably at this time. I had none enough hood rat shit to gather some money to fucking buy a computer. I had a computer. It was the first stimulus check from Bush. 
Dang. Right. Whoa, you got the Bush stimulus? I got the Bush stimulus check, bro. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a Bush There stimulus. was a Bush stimulus check for $250, bro, and I was balling. I was balling. <laughs> That's sick. $250 oh. was worth considerably but more. Also, Holy my shit. rent at my house was also $250 a month. That's how shitty this house was. So I bought this computer, and... My buddy showed me how to torrent. <laughs> nice. And I was off to the fucking races. I was like, yeah. the world is mine. <laughs> Fuck everybody. Yes. I was like, I'm going to start buying stocks in fucking Pirate Bay one day if that ever becomes a thing. But that I don't think that became a thing, did it? Uh, no. no. If you want to buy stock in Pirate Bay, just buy Bitcoin. Just buy Bitcoin. It all goes but, back. Uh, so, I was, so basically what you did is you just put in these little MIDI beats. And it had a pre-generated a drum kit. Dude, there was no changing anything. And there was like a record channel and record channel. You could only record guitars mono. You couldn't pan them. It sounded like butt. But you know what? I was recording my first butt rock and I was excited. That's, that's so cool. And there was some beats that I was able to do the um, half time, the parts. Mm-hmm. So it sounded like fucking breakdowns. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I see. <laughs> so like I just slowed the tempo down a lot yeah. and it made certain parts. And then made it half time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. that was like how I just started like piecing it together. And then like I turned 20 and I moved to. I moved to Lawton, and that's whenever I met my kid's mom, and I started meeting a lot of people over in Lawton, because I was like, I got to get out of Paul's Valley. There was too many things that were going on that were happening. If I would have stayed, I would have ended up, like, dead or in prison. You know what I mean? Like they say in the movies, I would have died if I would have stayed there. (laughs) But um, it was just a bad situation I needed the fuck out of. So I moved to a bigger town, and I was like, yes, this is how I'm going to start a band. I was like, I'm going to start a band with some friends, and we're going to write stuff like Kill Switch Engage, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and that's not what happened. Like, I ended up like trying out for a band there. <laughs> it was at the time, I can't even remember the name, but it was, if anybody just listened to this, it was pre-Handguns <laughs> and Debauchery days. Oh, shit. It was, before the, it was the band name before that. Uh, Do y'all know who I'm talking about? I don't know who I know who handguns and debauchery. Hey, I don't know if they're listeners, <laughs> but you know I'm not trying to throw shade. But you know we're familiar. We played a show with them back in the day. I think a Kramer played. Didn't Kramer you? was in Kramer oh, really? <laughs> I think Austin's just figuring this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean you know we uh, <laughs> we we have kind of an inside joke maybe about that band. So I thought they were like the like. As they were just the first musicians I met, and I yeah, thought they yeah. were like, they were like the only band that I knew of from Lawton that were doing like breakdowns. Now this is before I met the Reese, Mister Reese's pieces Ke- himself. Oh uh, yeah, mm, this Kevin. is before in honor. This is, this was a Hav Shalom days. This is some Oklahoma history. Right this now. is some Oklahoma history. <laughs> this deep, was Altus Primal. This is Ching <laughs> Fest. This is, ah uh, yeah, just um, some of the darkest. Places of God, Oklahoma, what was that hardcore metal. band that played there? It's like something, three little word name, or three, anyways. It was a band that played the show there. It's crazy fights. It's crazy fights. This is mm-hmm. whenever I got introduced to a lot of the people I'm friends with now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is back when James Mace was like listening to like Deathcore and he like introduced me to like Slam years ago and he doesn't even realize it. Just adding me to random shitty music. You know, Facebook groups that were making funny memes mm-hmm. that like he would he would add me to them and like we would just like 
we would talk about like Oceano and shit. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. This is many, many, many moons ago. Like and 2011. No, 2000. bro. Probably. Yeah, probably 2011. 2010. Late 2010. Yeah, that's around when I met Mace. Because my kid was born in 2010. And like we had moved back to Lawton because we had moved to Paul's Valley so my sister could help us. And then we moved back. And that's whenever I just started meeting everybody. And, like, I started meeting all the scary people from the Oklahoma hardcore scene from Oklahoma City. <laughs> like, I remember Anthony Leon beat my ass at Chingfest one year. And then, like, we hung out out back. I want to say it might have been No Luck, the band that was playing. But I started meeting all these people. And I remember one of the people that inspired me to get into recording music was Richard doing the In Honor EP. Oh, mm, yeah. yeah. And I was... Man, I remember when I went over to Richard's house to buy the In Honor EP that had came out on printed CDs. I remember I drove over there to meet Kevin, and man, that was that was a long time ago. And I remember seeing his setup, and I was like, "Dude, this is so cool." I was like, "I want to do this." Mm. And then, man, I never really thought about it. Yeah, Richard was probably one of the one of the first people to really inspire me to start recording bands and recording locally. Mm-hmm. So then from the very beginning, it became a thought process for me. It was, I don't want to do this for a business. I want to do this because these bands kick ass. And if I can learn how to make music sound good, mm-hmm. I would be helping them out with like, you know what I mean? Making whatever they're doing sound good. And like, I get to hang out with like a badass fucking band for a week. Right. And... That was like the very primitive thought process behind it, and then it evolved. Well, and, and this isn't, yeah, this isn't just like you're not just talking, like this is very like we've seen this first and foremost. Yeah, like yeah. you charge much lower than you could, I, I think, in a lot of ways. And you've raised your prices. I you, have you've to continued <laughs> to raise your prices, but you know, like you're, uh, you cover like a lot. You make sure the band is comfortable comfortable like you're genuinely in it for the love of it and it's very obvious and i wanted to stay that way mm-hmm. and everybody's telling me and asking me like when are you going to quit your main job you know <coughs> when are you going to stop painting cars and start doing this full time be 100 percent. probably won't ever quit painting cars mm. yeah. i'll probably do this forever so that i can continue to treat bands differently than most producers and engineers that's literally my whole reason for doing it. Like I was talking about earlier, I'm so sick of people who being elitist in the, you know, in the <clears throat> producing side of the music industry. Mm-hmm. Everybody's always bitching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's what it seems. I'm <laughs> like, why don't y'all fucking chill? This is about, this was about it's music about at building. one point in time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. there is nothing cooler to me than to record, all right, hear me out, record a band, record their songs, I headbang through the whole fucking process, you know, just nodding my head, just like, this is fucking sick. And then that band plays those same songs live. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. even more powerful whenever some, whenever I see a band play the song that I recorded with them live for the first time. It's just, it's a whole nother frequency. It's a whole mm-hmm. nother feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a whole nother emotion. And knowing that you were part of that process, but you speak about it to yourself silently. It's not something that you boast about. Right. It just it's that that's just a whole that's out of ego. Mm-hmm. It's more of just like I'm literally doing all of this for just like personal fulfillment. Yeah. And well, it's amazing because you're like the 
the one or you're the person like out of few that gets to hear it in both of those ways yeah and so yeah i mean that's super special and super unique and but mm-hmm. it's really cool i mean i had to learn i had to learn though so <laughs> the whole time that i lived in lawton up until up until it was the year that trump got elected for the first time i remember it was I had just moved to Oklahoma City, and I remember seeing all the assholes with the fucking flags. Mm-hmm. And I, it was that year that I moved to Oklahoma City. So whatever year that was, four years ago. Four or five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. four years ago. Oh, four years ago. And um, so we, uh, I, from, the, from 2011 up until that point, and I moved to Oklahoma City, I was just recording myself. There's shit tons of demos of all my early music that yeah. I hope to God never hears the light of day. It's because it was it was all tests. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? It was just like test songs, test riffs, mm-hmm. test mixing, and it sounded like ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I fucking listen to any of it now, and I'm just like, nah. Like I refuse to listen to my main band's first EP just because of how terrible the mix is. <laughs> but I was so proud of it at the time, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Eventually, I got to the point to where it wasn't like. I think it sounds good, but it sounds like shit to where now it's like, I think it sounds good and it kind of sounds good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just, that's basically what's changed and it's just practice and just continuing. And so once I moved to Oklahoma city, started hanging out with a bunch of more people. Cause I like, I still live in the same house, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just right up the street from 89th street. So I was able to go there a lot more often. Dakota Whiteside introduced me to Omen and this was, very early omen mm-hmm. and way back in the day. way back yeah, in the yeah. day this is back when frosty had long hair this is when they had a <laughs> Skyler different was 17 Skyler is like <laughs> 18 or he still shit. had he still had like one handcuff on like <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like he was yeah he was the most angry scariest dude i had ever met in the pit you know what i mean mm-hmm. i was just like this dude's terrifying and then like dakota whiteside was like dude you should check them out and then I don't even know who I hit up first, but I finally got to the point to after tons and tons of mixing myself and releasing my own songs and then releasing, you know what I mean, so much music for 10 years almost, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I want to try this with another band mm. to where that like that's a whole nother comfort zone that you step out of yeah. like to okay, it's not just my vision anymore. Okay, now I'm going to try to help facilitate somebody else's vision onto a recording. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole, that's a whole another, man, that's like changing lifestyles, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's very scary and yeah, it can't be. I'm sure be. it's nerve wracking. Sure. It was fucking nerve wracking. Because you've got other brains in there too. And like... none of us knew what the hell we were doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, we were just, we kind of had, a, we all had a basic idea on how to try it out and do it. And mm-hmm. so we did it. And then I did Omen's EP and then I did Agony's first EP and then... Like, then I then I just started recording my own bands. My 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 bands started mm-hmm. releasing more music, and I was like, okay, now I can use all of this that I've learned from these first two bands, and then try it with my bands. And it's like everything is a stepping step process. It's like you jump up a step. Mm-hmm. Like there is, and it doesn't matter which direction that you're jumping up. Yeah. You're still jumping up. Like right. as long as you're going up. So see, and we were we were just talking about this. Well, last episode, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just like the like for me, I, I just call it and think of it as iterations, mm-hmm. and like that's such a powerful mental model for me now. And and no one really expressed that to me that like that's how you make 
real things in the world is it's yeah. iterations it's coats of paint it's prototype you mm-hmm. build it then you build a better one you it's com- all part of the process yeah mm-hmm. experimenting and then you combine those experiments to a better version and and how know, failing can be a god man failing like, is the most important and, part. and yeah, yeah you're like yeah. failing into and it's such a trite thing such a cliche like you're failing into success or whatever but yeah. it's really true like you have to be willing to go through those iterations mm-hmm. through those projects falling apart house of cards falling down you got to go through that a hundred times not every band that i have recorded you know or worked with not every band was a perfect situation right. yeah like right. i can sit here as a man and say that like there was a couple of times that there was a recording process that didn't finish <laughs> and i hate that mm-hmm. i hate that i didn't finish mm. but it got to a point to where it was out of my hands mm-hmm. or there was something going on in my world around me for the first one that I needed to learn from. And it was a hard fail. It was mm-hmm. a hard fail. I really, really wanted to work with this band. And it was basically, I jumped into the deep end of the pool before I was ready. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And I, and I wasn't ready and I completely understand that I wasn't ready. I've had conversations with the, people in the bands you know like we're we don't there's no hard feelings at all right right. we just understand that we've all grown since that point Mm -hmm. so we're just like dude we're not gonna hold grudges it was something that was just like it just it is what it is Mm. and then there was another time with another band that i shouldn't have i tried to work outside of my comfort zone and which is okay you can always try to push your own boundaries you know jump out of your comfort zone and see what you're capable of doing but there was one situation with the band that this band was not, they were not the kind of band that I should have worked with. Gotcha. There was a lot of elements that they wanted in their music that was not, it was not suited for the genre. Mm, there gotcha. was clean singing and they yeah, want yeah. ping snare. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not going to work. I mean, right. I mean, it, I'm not saying it's not going to. You can, I mean, depending on how excited you are, you, anything could sound awesome. But it's like, listen, bro maybe this wasn't a great idea. And there was communication issues. Gotcha. And communication is always, like, that, yeah, key, that, of yeah, course. definitely. And trying to stay, you know, communicating across the board through the process. And then, you know, hopefully you don't end up in the position where you get a, where you wake up to a message from somebody from the opposite end of the planet saying, hey, we don't think this is working out. Mm-hmm. And I really th- was worried that, like, maybe I'm not going to recover from this and I'm just going to stay in my bed forever underneath my blanket <laughs> and just like hide from the world and never mix and record another band ever again. Damn. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's hard. Your, your ego gets wrapped up yeah, in yeah. It. and like your, and your identity. fear and your sadness because you just, you fear the worst. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so what happens is you fear the worst, you envision the worst and then you start fearing the worst as if it's actually happening in the real world. And mm. it's like, nah, bro, just pull the fucking blanket back, get up and go in the room. Yeah. And, and open the reality it, is open it no one cares. Mm. Like at that point, like especially when your mind is like... Nobody cares as much as you do about your bullshit that you're going through. It's <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. That's it, the 100% truth. So it's up to us to wallow in that failure or fucking learn from it. Yeah. Mm. Just keep moving, yeah. And keep moving. Yeah. And... I think that's really all the difference is between successful people and non-successful people is literally just the successful people understand that the failures are part of it yeah. and they're going to come. 
mm-hmm. but they're working to lower that number. Mm. You know what I yeah. mean? Actively, and, yeah. And eventually yeah. you get to the point to where your whole life is just kind of like set in a routine to where failure is not too much of an option anymore. Mm-hmm. And so when I start a process of recording a band, I don't just record bands and just get the process over as quick as possible just to get raw files into a computer. You know, it's like, okay, then I'll build the magic. The fucking magic happens from the beginning. The magic happens during practicing before you're even in the fucking studio. That's where the magic comes from. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where all of the magic will begin to blossom from because it starts from the pre-production. If the songs aren't fucking great, you can't expect it to make you feel super magical. It can't make you feel super happy and super excited or sad or whatever the motion that you're trying to portray is it doesn't matter it's from the process of the very beginning making sure that the songs are good and then once you're going into the computer man just do those really tiny moves to make it sound good on the way in and you cut yourself so much hassle Mm -hmm. and you also add so much more clarity when you're not trying to completely over process something and just allow the band to speak for itself through some microphones Mm. it's like you know i have there's people who are like you know what kind of compressors do you have what kind of cues do you have and i'm like i got a i got a badass workhorse server computer (laughs) i was like they can just run you know a lot of cpu processing and i have a badass fucking interface that that records very clean and i'm able to polish some stuff on the way in Mm. and i can capture a vision from the very beginning and that's where it begins from it doesn't really change much from there you're really enhancing you're really just in trying to enhance it so the band that i might have recorded recently (laughs) that is exactly what it was like it was like day one we were just handing out golden chocolate bars to each other and just like yeah this is going to be a fucking (laughs) success from the beginning but without even realizing it we just showed up and was just like let's do this as comfortably as possible nobody needs to stress Mm -hmm. like we have the house to ourselves we got money for food and we got a bang load of weed let's (laughs) fucking kick it and let's just love every part of the process yeah and that's the reason why it was like that band's music was super easy to mix was because you guys as them as musicians (laughs) (laughs) them as musicians were on top of it mm-hmm. so there was no fear and right. i don't really feel like i mean there might have been a little bit of nervousness and definitely i, I think that i think that Vinny was a little bit nervous but man mm-hmm. he fucking killed it yeah. yeah and you know like the whole process was good you know so that's what makes magic happen like when people say like yo how do you get that sound man and it's like, well, you know, it's just it starts with the music. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, but like, how do you get that sound, right. man? It's like, dude, it starts from the process, <laughs> like from the beginning. Yeah. You got to love every part of it. You got to massage and love and like just just know that nobody is like, oh, I should have said no to this earlier. Mm-hmm. I f- honestly feel like everybody was just like, yeah, it's sick. <laughs> yeah. Well, People, and it's like what you're kind of describing is just it starts with the music it starts with like you said the practice before you even recording and how long you guys practiced before y'all came in yeah and it's just what you're describing is just people 
that are passionate and serious coming together. You know, like, and that's what that's those are the necessary ingredients. You know, like, because if the band is all there, maybe like the band is well practiced, the band is practiced and and serious and all that, but then the producer is just kind of like there. He's just a nine to fiver. Yeah, exactly. Then yeah. you're not gonna. It's not gonna spark. You're not gonna get that yeah. spark. Like yeah. it has to be. You have to find a producer that is in it as much as you are. Yeah, like yeah. you Kramer said, told, becomes a temporary member. Almost. Kramer told me yeah. recently. He's like, I can't wait for the day. He's like, I'll be your engineer. He's like, and you're gonna be Rick Rubin. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you know, that wouldn't be too bad. Rick Rubin is so fucking cool. I would, dude. Rick Rubin, I know you're probably listening to this because you've listened to every other episode, but please, Mr. <laughs> Rick Rubin, Strangled would love to do an EP with you. Hit me up. <laughs> but, I would die if Rick Rubin was listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's listening yeah. to this. That was pretty good. <laughs> but uh, I... Wait, how'd you hear about the Sylvester interview? <laughs> You're supposed to keep that on the DL. Yeah. Oh, shit. I just seen your post-it note on the wall. <laughs> it's <laughs> on the it. fridge. But, um... I don't know. Like I was saying, though, like I, if I could not have to be an engineer, that would be cool, you know, to, to be a Rick Rubin type of thing because he just he facilitates the magic. Mm-hmm. But I also really love the technical side. I really love the geeky part. I really mm-hmm. love plugins. I really love DAWs. I really love looking at waves. I really love that process too because I mean, dude, even as a kid, <laughs> my mom loves to tell the story that. I used to love to take apart the family computer. <laughs> like I used to love to take that tower apart and put yeah. it back together. Sometimes I didn't put it back together right, and we had to have, hire the guy down in town, the the local computer guy, to put it back together. <laughs> but I love the whole technical part of it. Like I love the science behind it. Like when you think about it, it's just waves. Mm-hmm. All music is is waves. Sound All waves. music is, mm-hmm. is 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 frequency and vibration and like there's so many things that go into play with placing microphones and like technical technicality of course in the room the room the, space. the reflection the how how many inches the microphones are split are spaced from each other like you speakers only move two directions in and out you know what i mean forward mm-hmm. and backwards so like everything has to be really good on the technical side otherwise the magic is going to phase cancel itself out. So, like, yeah, it starts from the beginning, like I was saying earlier, and, you know, it's not like you could just jump in with this kind of vision that you have, that I have right now, you know, and think that it's just going to work. There's definitely a lot of practice of technique. Mm. There's a lot of trial and error of miking Joey. (laughs) (laughs) Like, when I met Joey, he was, I was recording one of his bands, and then I recorded another one of his bands, and then another one of his ba- one of his bands. But he got to the point to where I, I was hitting him up constantly. Hey, I got an interface and some microphone cables and some microphones and like a little room. I guinea pigged recording with him for a long time. Mm. I just I wanted to get better. The first Strangled EP, he hates me because I made him <laughs> re-record that whole EP probably four or five times. And the fifth time was finally the one because I got better and better at spacing my microphones Mm. and what microphones to use. And you know what I mean? I was just trying a whole bunch of different stuff, trying a whole bunch of different stuff. But I'm finally, thank you to Joey and Kramer. Those two guys have really helped shape. Oh, and and Skylar. Mm. I mean, Skylar has been a very big part in Slamnasium. 
So those three dudes like have definitely been the biggest ins- like help with my whole my whole thing, my whole mm. recording thing, because each one of them taught me things. Mm. And Skyler, I recorded him so many times, so many times. I tried you know many different vocal chains and stuff, and then I got to the point, and it was like Skyler just sounds good going into a good microphone, mm. and it was like stop fucking with shit get his vocals just in and he's going to sound good with what I do afterwards. Yeah. So I've learned from all these people and I'm finally at the point now to where like I'm living really comfortably in my studio now. And it's like, I don't, I do know what bands I can't mention right now, (laughs) but there's (laughs) bands that I'm going to be recording later on this year. And there's a couple of bands that I'm going to be mixing this year and a couple that I'm already mixing right now that are like, I never once thought I would ever get to this point to these like badass fucking people would trust me with their vision. No, and we, you showed us like some of, of, of what you're working on and like some of the people <laughs> in groups and like, it's, these are bit in their, in their genre. These are like big <laughs> players that are popular yeah. that people are watching. And like it's it's and they're that are super talented like yeah crazy like you're talking about us like these are these are musicians on a level on two three levels higher yeah than definitely. any of us you yeah know? <laughs> so, so like it's that's awesome like you've like I you've never really once thought that I would get to the scraps point. and but but I the thing is 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 I treat every project as if, like, I'm going to die after I finish <laughs> sending them their finals. <laughs> like, I'm going to die in a car wreck at a stoplight. Tree's going to fall. You know? It's going to kill me. I'm going to be dead. This will be my last one. Better make it fucking badass. Yeah. Better make it fucking That's awesome. a great outlook to have, though. That's, yeah. I, think, I, mean, I think more people should try that. But that's also, I mean, <laughs> I'm also the kind of person that can... I may have been upset the night before, but the next morning whenever I wake up, mm. like... It's a new day. It's mm. a new chance, mm-hmm. and it's a new chance to kick kick fucking ass and whatever you're doing. Because mm-hmm. we just wake up, and then at night we go to sleep, and then the next day we start over. So like I treat it as like notebook. So like every day I'm turning a page. Every day I'm turning a page. It could be my last. It doesn't fucking matter. It's the past. Once mm-hmm. it's over, it's done. I'm not worried too much about tomorrow. I just all I need to do is worry about today. Mm-hmm. And so like that also pertains to like to the recording process like there's sometimes some bands that I'm recording one one member of the band that's a different instrument in the band will be like you know I'm really stoked about this and this and this and this and I'm like me too dude like I'm really stoked but right now let me let me get the, let me get these drums ready <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let me get these drums ready I mean, we going to knock them out I was like and then you know then we're going to move on to that part mm-hmm. I was like but I definitely want you to continue thinking about it yeah just being present being focused yeah like yeah. is what you're describing yeah and i appreciate that but there, there's only a few times that i've ever felt like i've ever had to say that though like usually a lot of the bands that i record is especially local too like i mean omens on top of their shit sledges on top of their shit tfar on top of their shit <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i feel like strangles on top of their shit like when we get together and you know we're having we're a bunch of dork doofuses that are just you know recording slam during the process but we've basically just gotten it down to a you know a routine mm-hmm. at this point yeah. like it's super easy for us to like just step in and do something really easy really good really clean on the way in and it'll sound good afterwards because mm-hmm. we dude me and joey have done this so much like me and joey have like recorded probably a hundred songs together in the last two years wow 
Yeah. Like probably not that much. Well, That's yeah, an exaggeration, but I mean, still, but it's it's got to be close. I'm sure a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, yeah. how many renditions, and then how many like retakes of songs? Yeah. Like, hey, sorry, I accidentally stopped recording on this one part. <laughs> or how many times I've popped in and told Joey, "Oh shit, I'm so sorry. I forgot to arm the China channel. There was no China in any one of the last two songs." <laughs> We gotta go back and re-record. We've we've <laughs> experienced that with just the podcast alone already. Yeah. Like just yeah. certain like maybe video is not captured or certain <laughs> audio. Yeah, dude, it's it's all a process that you just have to keep doing yeah. over and over again. Yeah, you take those lessons, like you take those hits, and you're just like, oh, yep, okay, yeah. next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's just part of the process. You can't mm-hmm. discredit the process, right? It's just man, you've had to fucking learn. You, man, it's like there's so many times the shit goes wrong, and you're just like, "Wow, I really fucking knew better." Hmm. Like, there's yeah. I've been through this many, many, many yeah. times, and it's like I needed to go through it just one more time, mm-hmm. and then it's gonna be burned into my brain. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much I want to like. So many thoughts that were popping up like uh, over your story, but like one thing in particular that we talked about with Vincent is like being a student and like I'm definitely hearing that from you that like well for one obviously you got inspiration from a number of people like in your life but that you were also like you were like yo let's get together and try something together or like hey let me come over and like see your setup let me like how do you do this yeah and just it it's like not like you're like, oh, I'm looking for a mentor. Do you want to be my mentor? But it's just like you're excited. You have energy. You're, yeah. in a sense, participating, but you're also trying to take the lessons that you can learn from from anyone that you can interact with that has any kind of similar interest. And that's how I live my life. Yeah, and it's it's just that energy that, like... I'm trying to learn as much as I can because if I have to live this life over again and I'm reincarnated, reincarnated into the next one, I need to have these lessons down. I ain't trying to go through this shit again. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just... With everything that I do, I'm just trying to learn. And I'm always trying to learn, no matter what it is. And I love, I, I never thought I'd say this, I love learning. Mm. I love learning. I love learning different things. And I love, just recently, within the last three or four years, I've really, you know, me and you have had this conversation. All three of us have had this conversation mm-hmm. in the room mm. that, like, science has become one of the biggest things that like I've been trying to learn more about and like world history is something that I've been trying to learn more and more about. I just got to the point to where I felt like I was just being lied to my whole life or Mm -hmm. there were certain really cool things in science that I could have been learning in school, but because of the Bible belt area that I was at, I wasn't going to learn anything cool from it. Mm -hmm. The world's 3000 years old. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I don't know what y'all think. We just been here for 3000 years. Yeah, no. And that's, I just, I love learning. Uh, if I'm not listening to music podcasts, I'm listening to, to something science-y. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm learning something, or I'm listening to just people talk to each other, smart people, thought processes. And, you know, people don't realize, like, I I feel like, you know, like certain processes scientifically, like, also can be thought about emotionally, like, just things trying to explain each other and it's 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 all just basically teaching me how to become easier to my fellow human like i just want to treat everybody 
as respectful as possible and i just i just want to learn just want to learn and learn and learn and it makes me better at engineering music because i mean dude there's so many podcasts i listen to where they talk about like yeah like there's a lot of psychiatry involved like you piss off a singer during recording he's not gonna get any good takes Mm. you can't sit there and tell a guy like dude that was complete fucking ass (laughs) like let's not keep that (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. let's do that as many times we need to until yeah. it's good it's like no you tell him it was a great fucking take and you want to get another one mm. you don't tear people down you don't mm-hmm. make people feel like shit during the process of getting something magical out like that's like that's like blowing up a rocket during its exit out of you know that earth's atmosphere it's like what was the point then you know what i mean it was supposed to get all the way out there and yeah. you killed it before you're it had a chance mm-hmm. yeah you're just just destroying it on its way out you don't do that to people and there's so many times like i've seen mute like these videos of like ross robinson like throwing shit at slipknot during you know recording and it's like it was entertaining to watch i'd never fucking do it (laughs) (laughs) it was really fucking entertaining you know but you know maybe there maybe there's something to that you know like there's there's people like you there's people on your side of the spectrum that are like hey let's have good vibes good time let's make magic happen make love golden candy bars but then maybe you need (laughs) there's a band that needs it yeah, like like the coach that's really but hard it's or something up like to that. me to see those red flags <laughs> from right. the beginning. Right. No, I mean, I like I, I like your approach better, but you know, I th- I think there's like Look, something to if the, the maybe band, he had to match to the, the vibe love. of Slipknot. Maybe they were giving yeah, get, giving him. I mean, think about for no, yeah, you know, they're nine they're dudes all tough. setting themselves on fire, bringing piss and shit to yeah. interviews and, and like, like <laughs> jumping off of high rises and breaking their ankles. Yeah, yeah. he's he's got a he's got a tough enough. He's got to match their like energy. But but like you said. Yeah. I do completely respect it. I mean, I respect it. that's what it took to get the magic mm-hmm. recorded like that. I mean, think about it. Slipknot was revolutionary. Which album was did do you First remember? One. Okay, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. I mean, that's because before they were no, they were still Slipknot, but they had that album Meat Feed Kill Repeat. Mm-hmm. It was like a different. It was the same songs that came out on the self titled, but they were different recordings and they sounded mm-hmm. like shit. And I was like, damn, this is like a grind version of Slipknot, except not so badass grind. Because <laughs> I love grind. <laughs> but, yeah, the, I guess that's just what it took for them to get the magic. So, mm. I mean, if a band comes to me, and they're those kind of people, a lot of times, a lot of times people who just need somebody to beat the shit out of them in order to get the magic out, there's usually like drugs and alcohol involved, so that's definitely not something I yeah. would and mm-hmm. allow into my house. Considering yeah. if I had like a studio, I'd probably still not allow it. <laughs> but, yeah, but like it's just there's too much fear of like, you know, like trying to have them break shit. shit. Yeah, liability like, shit. Exactly, and, like, yeah. and like insurance stuff, and like say if I'm renting equipment to use it, mm-hmm. I never want to rent equipment. Because I'm always worried that, like, I'm going to break it. So it's like if I had some people like that inside the studio where they needed somebody to beat their ass to get the magic out. It's just not for me. Yeah. Seems more like a hassle. I ain't got to tell Josh and Jacob a damn thing. They kick each other's ass during a recording. Like, (laughs) I love recording vocalists that, like, give the performance during the recording. Mm-hmm that makes sense i mean you're one of those people uh, colton is one of those people 
Skyler is one of those people who are he uses a mic stand, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, bro, why don't you just take it off? He's like, no, I want to use the mic stand. And he kills it. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, and then I have people like, you know, Colton and you and Josh and Jacob that like give the full in performance. I don't turn around. My back is turned to them. We're by ourselves in the room and they have the whole space behind me to move if they need to move. It's all part of getting that out. And if, you know, they, they throw themselves around and they throw themselves down and, you know, they, they do whatever they need to do. Mm-hmm. They need to get that emotion of whatever lyrics it was that they wrote in that moment. They got to get it out. Sometimes it pulls demons and not like literally, but you right. know what I mean? No, it just yeah, pulls the, the evil and darkness out of yourself. And mm-hmm. sometimes people need the space mm. and air it out <laughs> but they're scared to do that in real big fancy studios yeah know, like where it's oh, really expensive yeah. and like an eighteen thousand dollar microphone the, in front I, of them i resonate with that for sure i there's been i would of- love to have a big expensive studio but it's like it's not the kind of magic that i'm looking to make mm. like my house setup is the setup that it needs to be it's like that's how i help bands get the magic out in a perfect world, do you think you would ever have like a studio, but it would just be in a second house, <laughs> if you could afford it ever? It would be. Have you ever thought about that? It would be a one big house, yeah. one wing of the house would be like cool studio room, mm-hmm. live room. Yeah. That like the lo- the walls that separates it can lift up, and then it becomes one big music venue. That'd be sick. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, one day. <laughs> one day. One Make day. That happen. Yeah. So, in a way, we love how abrasive and abstract abrasive music is. So, there's just something, we we conditioned ourselves, we wanted something different at a certain point, and I feel like that birthed rock and roll in its early forms with blues, and like, Mm -hmm. like, old blues musicians mm-hmm. and you know the old african-american musicians with the the muddy shoals era yeah you know? and that and that was very dark music it was well. very, very dark, dark music yeah. i mean there's even there's even like you know there's people in the metaphysical world that talk about you know blues guitarists and mm-hmm. you know they talk about their deals with the devil like there's mm-hmm. like it, there it's very it is a it tickles the butthole of evil <laughs> and but at the same time it's like it it's very it's like playing with fire i don't yeah. know how to explain it no, um yeah, yeah. in its in its true form it was meant to sound evil and dark and you know very very different from you know soft and sweet and gospel music that was you know that was taking over you know the entire music market when music recording first became a thing you know a lot of the things that they were recording were a lot of gospel songs over and over again oh brother where art thou is like Mm. is a perfect Mm -hmm. you know idea to think about when they went and record that song i mean gospel music was they were tired of hearing it they were tired of hearing it. they were wanting something new something more energetic and more real more authentic to the human experience Mm. because real life isn't all fucking rainbows and unicorns yeah these these unicorns actually breathe fire yeah. and their urine is acid and it's like <laughs> you know life isn't as beautiful and perfect as it looks yeah. and people got to the point to where they wanted to feel the more realness 
and mm-hmm. that's where I feel like rock and roll really came from. Mm-hmm. And then like it just it, it evolved, it evolved and evolved and evolved and evolved. Now we have bands like epicardiectomy and embryectomy and analepsy <laughs> and sanguisigobab and sanguisigobab and, <laughs> and like you have ridiculous trash can sounding snares really gunshot pointy kick drums mm-hmm. chinas and bells and hi-hats you know pig squeals I, that's squeals. why i love epicardiectomy you know people are like oh my god i can't believe the drummer has no toms and it's like he just <laughs> removed them out of the picture because it didn't fit the music yeah. i fucking respect that if you don't use them you don't need them you don't need them he has a tiny 10 inch snare and a shit ton of bells splashes chinas and hi-hats and a kick and that's it Damn. and a snare and it's like that's all you need and i respect it and it's like it's super abrasive people i don't know man i just love really abrasive music with a bad mix it's not even really that the mix is bad it's just that's the way it needed to sound mm. well yeah. yeah and it's like your your band strangled <laughs> is like you, you know you even openly describe you use words like ignorant or like ignorant. lowbrow or knuckle dragger yeah or just like that there's it's that real something man shit <laughs> yeah like you're bringing in darkness but you're also bringing in like an intentional type of all right. stupidity so or it's simplicity party music that's what it is like i want to write riffs that you can mosh to but you could also play in a strip club you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> like like i want to write party music and i love party music and like i would think that like if the movie project x was a real thing they'd have been blasting you know what i mean circumvent from strangled over the pa during the party you know what i mean it's Every riff I write it has a purpose. Mm. It's to make you feel like it's party time. Mm. And but but party time in, in the very in the ignorant sense. Yeah. And like that is I feel like that's the name of the genre, ignorant. You know what mm. I mean? Mm-hmm. It's more than just slam. It's there's no rules. There's no oh my god, you need to have this first and then it needs to lead into a pre chorus and it's like, fuck that. <laughs> Give me a blast until it's time to slash on that ha- that hi hat. Just, let's go on a double bass with a ping and it's it's like it became a point to where there's so much slam in the world that like some of it can be terrible yeah but it makes it more beautiful like disconformity and like gorvent and all the japanese bands i love them because of their quality of their mix and i think it sounds exactly the way it's supposed to hmm. and a lot of the indonesian bands like that's another dream of mine like i want to mix an indonesian slam band like those dude they have it figured out (laughs) somebody gave them the secret formula to slam because this shit is fucking perfect Uh, i i think that like kind of what you're describing when you talk about slam too it's similar to trap where trap is like a reversion. Listen, slam is gangster rap. Okay, and okay. nobody can tell me anything. Different. Sorry, sorry. Let me <laughs> <laughs> let me backpedal that. I guess it's just a similar sentiment in that it's like a degradation from like quality where you're where you're purposely trying to simplify things. Yeah. To like make a statement that's supposedly supposed to be more cool mm-hmm. than if you tried hard. It just like the 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 um the what's his name the ancient Stoic said. Um, you ain't cool unless you piss your pants. Like, it's like... <laughs> that's probably uh, 
don't know, to Socrates. That's who it Cicero. Plato. <laughs> you ain't cool unless you piss your pants. No, but that sounds like a that sounds like a cynicism philosophy to me. It's like people. It's it's a group of people making a style of music saying, "Fuck your pop music. We're gonna make the complete opposite." Mm. And then it became a point to where. It, we had heard that enough then it just became like hey this is actually like kind of sick mm. let's just keep going and like yeah you develop just a, a taste crazy for it. exactly you develop taste a taste for it evolves and and yeah. next thing yeah. you know you're putting sriracha on top of like crazy riffs and <laughs> like there's some stuff that is crazy wild i think we might i might have showed y'all bio noise generator mm-hmm. like it's there is no repetition it's just like part after part after part after part that like has no time signature, doesn't really have a tempo, mm. and it's like I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about it. Early car bomb stuff, like car real crazy so, mathy yeah. stuff. Like there's just or some even like sleep. Like Josh, you're really into sleep, and like mm. that's a particular type of zone that yeah. that people get into. That's like it's not hard what you're playing, but it's hard that it's a 50 minute song and you all are like staying in the same vibe. Well, that's why I write slam. That shit's like minute and a half, two minutes. And you're in, you're out. It's tactical. It's meant to make you move. Let's go ahead and move on to the next song. I've just got to the point to where I started cutting fat from songs and Mm -hmm. they became way shorter. Mm -hmm. Like, man, you really don't have to have all the filler. Mm -hmm. You know, some genres the filler is a big part of it because it's maybe there's a lyrical part that like really means something, but it's like, I'm just trying to come in like a fucking tank right? with like steamroller for hands <laughs> with like a twisted metal clown head sticking out the top. Like <laughs> it just, it's gotta be ridiculously ignorant. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you think about the crazy artwork in slam. Like I, I definitely don't agree with all the misogynistic parts of like you know certain certain metal genres. I definitely get it, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't give them praise. Mm-hmm. But like you know, there's some really good slam out there. But like some stuff like gets really dark. Mm. Some stuff gets really dark, and it's like, eh. Yeah. You know, I don't really listen to those kinds of bands, but there's a lot of really good shit slam out there well, that fucking kicks ass. So what would be your it, do you have a top three list of your bands favorite, or genre? Your favorite slam bands, like in your opinion, Fuck, or is that too hard of a question? I mean, it like make me choose three out of ten of my toes. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 I don't know how, exactly how that. Works. Yeah, we're gonna do that. I mean, we're shit. talking about hustle earlier. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, oh my god, no. Let's see, two big ones, and I'll keep it pinky. All right. So right now, probably one of the biggest slam bands that I'm into. For sure, digging up from Indonesia, fire as fuck. Digging up, mm-hmm. I'm into that name. That's yeah. a sick name. It's fire. Um, my homie, uh, my homie's band, Anal Stab Wound. That shit is fire. He did all <laughs> the instruments. <laughs> okay, Anal Stab Wound. He's 15 too. Yeah, the drummer is 15, yeah. and uh, he is a fire ass drummer. This yeah. kid is gonna be. He's gonna be fucking famous one day. Weren't you saying he works with like? John Huber, huge like musicians already. Yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah, already yeah. just yeah. His band his Anal Stabwoon has like. Yo, shout out to Anal Stabwoon. Shout out to Anal Stabwoon. Uh, but um, let's see. Okay, so Anal Stabwoon would be a band I've been listening to. Digging Up is another band I've been listening to. Um, man, a lot of stuff I've been listening to lately are slam bands that I'm mixing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing uh, a band called Casket Le- Leakage. It's fire. 
Um, another band I'm doing is Vile Impregnation, which is fire. It's got some, it's got a dude in the slam world from Cephalotripsy, Angel Ochoa. Like, I never thought I'd be sitting at my computer and I'd be mixing a song that would have, like, somebody that I've listened to so many mm. times, like, on a guest spot. Yeah. And it's, like, it's so cool and awesome to me. Mm. So I've been listening to those and probably Cerebral Incubation. I live, I listen to them. Every, <clears throat> I mean, I got the shirt on, bro. <laughs> it says OG Caveman Slam on the back, but I'll show you later. Nice. <laughs> it's like Cerebral Incubation is probably one of my top three for sure. Okay. Forever. But, man, I don't know, man. It's like I said, trying to pick three out of ten of my toes. No, yeah, I mean, that, that, those are but, a lot of cool names. Uh, yeah, that's I'm that's enlightened. Cool. I mean, you enlightened. Really cool. I think you'd like them. Cool. Check them out. Yeah, yeah. Sure. They did a split uh, recently. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't dip my toes in a slam much, but I can appreciate. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can appreciate all types of metal just because I've played the music so much. Mm-hmm. I've heard the sound so much. It's like, I mean, well, you I just think have about it. So much reference. <clears throat> I feel like even if you, even if you weren't listening to slam all the time, I think that. I was really comfortable showing you guys some really like you know ignorant ass slam. Oh no, and I love to hear it. And it's because yeah, yeah. it was like I knew that y'all guys would probably appreciate it because like you know tooth the tooth isn't really a band that you like listen to like at like prom. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like or many but we will play your prom or many public <laughs> places. Yeah, that's the thing. We won't. You won't hear us ever in public places, but we will play any public place you want us to play for pretty much free. Yo, yeah, we're just not Scissor asked. Tail Park has <laughs> yeah. that new stage. Like, oh, we could play there. Then. Yeah, Let's go. like I've thought about like having be... Soto Slam Fest at the Scissor Tail Park because it's open. That would be insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Rather than that having everybody sick. inside, you know what I mean? Ooh. But it's like, man, if <laughs> out there in the sun in the middle of June might be too much. <laughs> yeah, that would be a little bit too Oklahoma, I think. Do it in like yeah. March. It would be a mud pit. We're going to do it in winter. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got coats and everybody's got ice skating across Tim's. <laughs> it's either going to be 70 degrees or there's going to be ice. So, yeah. what are the other? It's Oklahoma. We'll figure it out. But no, I just I knew I knew that showing you guys some like <laughs> some abstract art slam, y'all guys would get it because you know the tooth isn't very friendly with tempos and you know like right, consistent right. four four and like, yeah, like that's why I love the tooth. It's it, I feel like the tooth is is one of the bands that are like it wasn't really I don't know if it was really a thought process for you guys from the very beginning to be like yeah we're not gonna sound like you know like anything pop like anything cool or like mm. anything normal like it's just it's it needs to be chaotic and beautiful i mean that's the only really way to think about it <clears throat> there was a band i recorded recently that the last song on their ep was a pretty fucking epic one and it's like the whole first three songs of this ep <laughs> were very punishing and the mm. fourth song was very punishing and the way that it ends is so you wouldn't think listening to a lot of y'all guys' older stuff, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, except for some parts, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. of y'all guys' old albums, but like mm-hmm. it's y'all guys are amazing musicians to like write something so chaotic into something so beautiful. Well, appreciate it. Well, that. we can never live up to your compliment. <laughs> I'm going to give y'all guys that Soto Grammy. I'm, I'm going to have my own Grammys. It's going to call so, the, the Slammy. The, sla- the Slammy. The Slammy. It's called the Slammies. Please give me my Slammy. What was the thing oh, on? Man, the I would office? love a Slammy. 
What was the office? What were those things oh, called? Oh, fuck. What were they called? They used to have at the restaurant, remember? A, dun- a Dundee. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the so Slam Dundees. You're going to have it at the Soto Slam Fest? At, the slam, at slam Fest. Yeah, hell yeah. Cool. <laughs> slam Fest would be awesome to fucking do again, but who knows? So uh, you're, you were talking about like drawing inspiration from science a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. and we've had some, uh, you know, some pretty cosmic conversations (laughs) uh, we've had some conversations during recording where we're like we gotta stop we gotta get this in the podcast (laughs) we gotta stop right here everybody chill yeah but i mean you know i I mean i I just listening to your whole entire story like i relate to it so much and actually i already wanted to say this like i think it's interesting like all three of us probably have very similar starting stories of how we just got excited about a certain sound processes probably Mm. we probably had the same kind of processes Mm -hmm. yeah and you know that there was key people that came along that we got inspired by Mm -hmm. but eventually you kind of zero at first it starts very general you know i want to be in a band i want to go to shows or i just want to be a part of this general scene yeah and then you get more and more specific and like for you you know, it's you zeroed in on this like music producer side, like very specifically, and you have a unique balance with your with your job and your studio. And me, like I've gone on a weird circular cir- circular journey where I'm like now somehow this energy and inspiration for music is leading me into coding and like <laughs> being an engineer yeah. and other stuff in Bitcoin and mm-hmm. like like Josh, you're I mean producing this podcast and working on beats and playing in multiple bands and just like i don't know like it you never know where these things are going to manifest because it's going to be something specific but it's like every person like you have your own kind of inclinations like i could never be a producer but i'm so glad that you were able to like figure out the pathway to get there and i don't know so generally i just think that's so cool to see these similar patterns across all these different people that i know and we talk to it's allowing mm-hmm. yourself to be humble enough to be inspired by everything mm-hmm. yeah and, and that's exactly where i was kind of being too humble that. to where you're one of those like really weird people <laughs> you right. know those those people there's oh no i'm not too, i'm not good enough at anything it's like <laughs> i was there at one point in time but i had mm-hmm. to i had to like do chill <laughs> right. let's get some work done yeah like, let's yeah. do some things yeah it's yeah, a very I mean, eastern uh, kind of way to approach it all. Yeah. I, and we've touched on that too with that yeah. same, like, I think just last episode too. Like, and it, it's, man, I feel like, you know, Eastern practice, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, like things like Buddhism and stuff like, and teachings and stuff like that. It's basically just the way to live kind of thing. It's really, I'm not a religious person, nor do I like, believe in certain things but i i believe that there was like it's just a golden rule kind of thing it's mm-hmm. just morals kind of thing of like treating everybody equally and treating everybody with respect and not not allow other people to feel like you're overpowering them because it's not your place mm-hmm. and it's it's not anybody else's place to overpower you mm-hmm. and you know capitalism has fucking you know like tried to change those rules into like you know certain people have have the right to be overpowering other people and it's like we're all just supposed to just live and we're all supposed to just do something that makes us passionate and we're all just supposed to pursue something 
in our own way, no matter what it is. For some people, it and that's the thing, and it's allowing yourself, well, well, allowing other people to do it respectfully, how whatever they're doing, and not allow yourself to make anybody else feel stupid for something they're pursuing, kind of thing. Hmm. So, it's, I've just. I love meeting people and learning about what they're doing with whatever they're doing in their lives. I'm one of those people that drive down the road and see somebody on the side of the street and I and my brain automatically goes to, I wonder what they're doing today. You know? Yeah. I'm like, I wonder if they're about to hit the gas station. Or I wonder or what they know. I wonder what they've been through. I wonder yeah. what they've been through. I wonder why there's two other people in the car with them. Mm-hmm. I wonder where they're headed. I wonder if they're headed to do something really cool. I wonder if they're going to a funeral. You know, and it's like I'm also one of those dumb people in the world that I feel like I feel like dumb, I guess. But a lot of times when somebody is shitty and cuts you off in traffic, Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that are just like, I really hope they had something really fucking important they were going (laughs) to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good, that's a really good perspective. Giving more people the benefit of the doubt. Yes, it's or or not allowing everyday people to control like your emotions. Yeah. Yeah, with like Control accidentally you... bumping shoulders with somebody on your yeah. way into the Seven Eleven on while they're on their way out, and you're just mm-hmm. like, man, fuck that guy. And then you get in your car, you know, like, well, fuck everything. And then right. it's like, eh, then it's just a a whole ball Snowball. of negativity. Yeah, and yeah, it's not needed. Not mm-hmm. needed. Well, and like like you were saying earlier, I mean, music music is just waves, just vibrations. It's and just like, push and pull. Yeah, and I I think you know this is it's super woo woo, but I think that there's like I think that we really feel vibrations in in a way more sensitive way, like our consciousness. And a physical way. uh, How we communicate, how we see each other's faces, how we kind of relate to each other's emotions and have have theory of mind for how the other person is feeling. Like, we just have such a deep, deep history of connecting with each other and connecting with the world and being conscious and kind of just what what you're describing is just a, an openness, a curiosity, and a humility for nature that like, damn, we're on this crazy ass ride. I don't mm. quite know how this thing works, but but I'm gonna I have take respect. it a day at a time. Yeah, I'm gonna take it a day at a time. I have respect for the vibrations I'm putting out. For I don't know what what wakes. And I you know, always got to be conscious world. that my mood and my emotions that I'm going through will affect the others and the people around me. And if I'm not careful, I could, if I'm in a negative mind, mindset or mind state, I could accidentally be mean to somebody who it was really fucking uncalled for. And things like that, you know, keep me up at night. Mm. But like, it's trying to catch yourself before you unnecessarily, or unnecessarily accidentally hurt somebody else. Mm. You know, and... It's just, we're just, I feel like it's just part of being a more conscious being, just being a more conscious person, trying to, you know, eyeing your surroundings and paying attention to the things that are around you and the things that are going on around you and the way that you are and your mood and your tone and the way that you're talking and what you say and how you ask somebody a question is done respectfully. Yeah. And it's, man, there's so many people that don't even fucking care about any of that. They're just like what the fuck's up? And like, how's the fuck it going? And like, ah, I heard your mom died. And it's like, you know, it was unnecessary, dude. You know, <laughs> right. it's like, there's, it's not how you approach people. It's like, there's people out there that just don't care about the other people around them. Well, I think mm-hmm. in our modern communication is 
producing a lot of that as well. A lot mm-hmm. more of that that's been before. People, but are I feel deranged. like we're not giving enough credit to the people that are out there actually making a change and doing things differently, like us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we treat people more equal, and it's not something that you see all the time because of, you know, it's just not what's sexy on the little black box in the living room. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. it's not what's cool to society nowadays because everybody everybody likes drama and everybody like being in each other's business and like exploit exploiting people's personal lives and it's like people are people yeah they're never gonna stop being people and they're never gonna stop being people and you're a fucking person too (laughs) see and like i'm trying to i'm out here i'm trying to connect with people that are that are curious that are building that are Mm -hmm. open and like that's what i'm trying to do and that are positive and i'm not trying to ignore uh the negative things in the world in fact i'm trying to take responsibility yeah, and then a unique way that I can, but it's also like, hey, I'm here, I'm here with a positive attitude, rational optimist, and like I'm trying to connect with other people like that, and that's a part of what this podcast is, you know, that's a part mm-hmm. of the desire to play music. And I definitely don't any think any of do. this is boring. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> good. I mean, yeah, and, and you know, like, like that, what we're trying to fight is exactly, I think, the boring. Uh, the boring flow that a lot of people are stuck in is really like a negative, critical, self-critical, you know, like bleak kind of doomer outlook on the mm. world. And it's completely controllable too. I mean, you and, know, a lot of I the people like, that change their outlook what? from feeling that way though, like a lot of people who dive into things, you know, that are a lot more woo-woo and metaphysical according to society. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those yeah. people that like, take it upon themselves and to, and to learn things about spirituality and like chakras and aligning. And it's, it's like I was saying with music is all vibration, push and pull. I mean, so are emotions. I mean, emotions are, you know, electrical signals in certain parts of your body causing a reaction. And it's like, it's, we're all just people. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, um, we're antennas. We're antennas. We're antennas and for, mm-hmm. I don't know. I forgot where I was even talking about. I told you it was going to happen. It happens to us all the time. <laughs> but no, nah, that's cool, man. What were we talking about? I'm loving it. We're talking about, I don't know, positive vibes. Positive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, that's man. what I was talking about. Lining people, your chakras. So people who take, and and there is, I mean, dude, there's radicals in everything. Yeah. There's radicals yeah. in every religion, never you know, that like completely manipulate things. And there's probably, you know, people like that in the metaphysical world, but it's, it's like, man, it's really is a lot of it is science. And then it gets to a certain point to where we can't explain in science. And like I feel like certain like really, really ancient things like, you know, Buddhism and stuff like that were trying to explain things to us like on how we can connect with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's it's all just people are trying to fix their broken selves. Uh, you know, some people are trying to fix their broken cells, a broken thinking that has been like burned and hurt by society from like, you're not good enough and you know, you need to do better and you need to do better and you're not good enough right now. You know, people got tired of feeling that way and started looking within themselves and trying to learn more about the human consciousness. And like, I, I love that stuff. And I feel like, you know, I wasn't always this way that I am right now. You know, I'm 32. I've definitely had a lot of transitions of, of personality. And I've I've been through a lot of friend groups and 
I've lived with a lot of friends and I've buried a fuck ton of friends and mm. you know I've had to say goodbye to a lot of people's consciousness within my day that like it really hurts and I I, I try to find myself and a lot of those things on the woo woo side it turned me into a better person yeah and a lot of people who it, it, I feel like really all it takes is just learning a little bit about it and then you get the idea behind it and then you're able to apply it within your life and you know whether it's woo woo or not I am out here doing something that I love and I'm able to do it this is my version of success mm. yeah I'm not making ridiculous money no I'm not making a bunch of money from recording if recording was all about money to me it mm. wouldn't be as fulfilling it would be a job mm -hmm. I got a job Mm -hmm. You know, I, I got a job that can pay my bills and pay my rent and buy us food and buy me weed and, you know, mm. <laughs> buy me buy me gear sometimes. But, like, music is just producing and engineering and mixing and mastering is just, man, that's the icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like that's the fun part of my passion because I'm very passionate about being a husband and being a father, you know, and I am passionate about being a painter. But mm -hmm. man, we can all say as musicians, like music does something to us that we can't explain. Mm -hmm. Well, it's and it's deeply embedded in us, and and you know you're you're talking about all of this uh, Eastern philosophy, for example, and I think that whatever religion or philosophy or belief you have, you know. I think there's truth in all of these, especially the ones that have lasted long, mm -hmm. uh, as long as they have. And it's like the religion or the practice around it is almost the dressing. It's the narrative or story mm -hmm. that helps transport it across time. And so it's the dressing, the costume of it isn't the truth. The truth is what you can find through practicing it. And yeah. for me, like meditation has been a huge part of my journey the last three years. And one of the most prominent things I've noticed from meditation is that my my brain my brain produces music constantly. Hell yeah! Uh, like it, when you start to notice your thoughts, like my riffs emerge out of my subconscious every yeah. day, and songs and acoustic songs, and like there are very specific things for me. That, Do you just like, hear the sound? Is there a visual behind it? Is there what? Is there a visual behind it? Um, no, it's it's usually sounds and words. See, so for it's me, sounds and lyrics. For me, mm. it's visualization with the sound. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, there's been a lot of songs that have started for me where I'm sitting in the middle of the day, and I pictured myself holding my guitar, playing my guitar rig, and whatever riff I was playing in that moment. Or I mean, it sounds woo woo too, but like I've had dreams before where there was riffs, and I ended up turning those riffs into songs. No, I, I've I've actually the exact same thing. Like I've I've had dreams where I've played stuff. Now that and it is just your, felt so real. That's your subconscious affecting mm. reality. Yeah, you know it's wild. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then it's the reality it's that you shit. expose. It's a magic shit. It's the reality you expose yourself to in the first place yeah. that that creates that subconscious that can then produce new ideas. And like that's just what I've realized is like okay, there's music is deeply embedded in me. It's it, when it comes out of me, it feels natural. It feels magical. I don't need to explain that. It's just that is that will always be a part of. Me. Maybe not, but as long as it comes out and I enjoy it, it will be a part of me. And like, I don't know, just a simple a simple realization as that is. But 
yeah, I mean, you know, just echoing what you're saying that the fruits of getting into these, you know, self-reflective practices are, are great. Mm-hmm. Imagine if those, uh, those AIs that y'all were talking about on that podcast try to write a slam song. Dude, no, I mean, <laughs> you're really insane. not ready for the quality of slam that AI <laughs> is going to be able to make. Say. But are they going to unedit the drums? You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's the thing. Make the like, drums sound here's, here's the thing. Them. Here's the thing: is that it's the highest because you could imagine. Okay, I, I could you and me, Michael, we could collaborate. Let's try and make a program that you know produces good slam songs, <laughs> and we could collaborate and just like think of like a really solid formula for doing it. But at the end of the day, what would really come to make that great is your specific knowledge, my specific knowledge, stuff that can't be taught, yeah. stuff that can't be put into words or put into code. Mm-hmm. And that's where humans, that's where the AI isn't coming close to us anytime yeah. soon. Like there is mm-hmm. a high level of, of creativity at the peak of the pyramid that we embody that we don't even understand. It it's because I feel mm-hmm. like it has a grid and I feel like human consciousness works off grid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there well, is off our creative understanding. Uh, yeah for sure exactly i do think that we'll eventually reach a point to where i mean like Neuralink and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like at the same time like i don't feel like a cpu can rip and i don't i don't mean that as in like a general cpu i mean like even a you know like a, a smart crazy ai computer will never be able to give us the dirtiness They'll never be able to give us that grind <laughs> yeah. and that abrasive. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be, it's gonna sound fire, but it's probably gonna be too perfect. Be polished, cut, yeah. cut it, perfectly, like yeah. everything. Yeah, like you just followed a list of mm-hmm. okay, it's got to have this, 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 and this, and it's like <sighs> formulas don't work that great like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, there, there, there would always be something missing, and that's kind of where we are with that stuff. It, it seems like to me, but. Nonetheless, I I echo and yell to everyone. Do, do not you think that, it. Let me ask. Do you think there's anything missing in music these days? Missing in music? Or do you feel like music is having a revolution of feelings again? Um, I think that I just think that we haven't utilized technology with music enough. Like it, we're very very early with doing that. Um, I think there's a. I think you see early parts of this with mo- these mo- strange montages that people make or very specific vibe videos or whatever you know i think that you know, eventually music is going to combine with many of these other mediums and and there will be crazy vr music experiences that uh you know are much more intense and that can communicate with a higher throughput you know just a higher bandwidth of mm-hmm emotion uh, we did vibration we did see a lot of bands doing unique like streaming like big yeah. bigger bands especially in the metal like scene and what do you think the future of music is the future of music <laughs> hmm. um like the cantina from star wars <laughs> you know talking about the cantina band? yeah yeah i've often wondered that if it's like well and i really think it's going to be unique to see what happens to metal in like 50 years 40 you know like when what happens when we're old you know like old old as fuck and it's like there's no way to know it's like we were talking about earlier with quantum science that's just theory with another theory with another Mm -hmm. theory with another theory is the same way i think about with the evolution of heavy music is just it's just mitosis of genres 
mm. of genres coming together, splitting, mm-hmm. coming together and splitting, and coming together and splitting, and people are taking a bunch of elements from a bunch of different genres, and that's literally like what music has been. And that's like when you think about like the <clears throat> the birth of slam, like it, at one point in time it was like OG slam. And then it became true slam, and then it became like the new wave of slam, yeah. mm-hmm. and then like it became a thing called slam core, and then the it became it's it all. just mm-hmm. it, and it's all just different renditions, and it's like it's crazy to think there's no way for us to have any fucking idea of what the possibility of slams evolve or evolution in the next ten years is going to be like, or mm-hmm. any genre, and who yeah. knows what if bands like the bands that I'm starting and my friends and my bands who also have other slam bands are starting. What if we accidentally become the next rendition of slam in the next five years, right. the next five years? Like what if the sound that we just call shit slam right now, because it's like so low IQ, low quality slam, but it's what if that ends up becoming the evolution in five years? Mm. You know, we, we really don't know. And that's, and that's cool. I, I wanna I want us to like analyze this episode and see how many times the word slam has been said. <laughs> I think yeah. everybody should have to take a shot. Either a shot or a <laughs> hit of your joint or something. Okay, wait. Eat sorry, Josh. Uh to answer your question though, I, I do have a real answer. You're asking like what does the future music look like? I mean an an idea that I've thought about a lot as just someone that thinks a lot about software mm-hmm. and internet is uh, I, I want to see when we can have asynchronous live music collaboration over the internet mm-hmm. on demand like Zoom. And I even imagine, so we have stuff okay, like... Okay, so that is already a thing. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, with, with what? Um, so a new program called Audio Movers. There's a couple of more new programs through the pandemic and... Uh, man, I really don't want this to sound like wrong at all. But like mm-hmm. during the pandemic, we've actually came up. People have like fixed some issues with mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, in the music world, I don't think enough people are talking about that. Sorry, I don't to, think yeah, enough people you off, are talking about it's it. It's an important all. thing. But to there's bring a up lot of really sure. important things that have changed throughout yeah. this pandemic that I think is actually, yeah, people are like, oh, the world is never going to be the same. And it's like, you know, good. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of things that we real. fix. You know, like it's about fucking time people figured out that you don't need yeah. to go into a college facility to go through the college courses, and they've made it a lot more open for some people to do it at home. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, one of the some really great things in the music world is, you know, people have developed an ability to, they have fixed the issue of latency. I have no fucking idea how you can fix oh. the issue of latency from opposite sides of the planet or just in opposite parts of the planet to begin with. Mm. But they said they have fixed it. And it all starts with, I think, this. it's a process. So they all... So maybe it's like this. I don't know. But if you put the drummer on a click and the drummer is playing to a backing track, by the time everybody else gets to... The track gets to everybody else... They're hearing it in real time. You, so you mm. can just uh, perfectly account for the latency. But it mm. takes one person in the band maybe to be the timekeeper. And by yeah. the time everybody gets it, then it's, you know what I mean? Like Vinny would be playing along to the music in his headphones but wouldn't hear any of y'all. And y'all would just be playing to his signal. Gotcha. Mm. So it's just a little tiny, like really yeah. simple thing. But it's yeah. like, 
that made a loophole like it had jumped mm-hmm. though. But like, yeah, but no, go back I mean, to what you're the, saying. Where, where I saw this coming to its end, and and that's awesome to hear. I I had heard previously like an even earlier version of this is like almost like a DJ, like you play together, like mm-hmm. make a song together type of like little apps and games. But where I see this going, you know, you have some stuff uh, like Rocksmith on Steam, mm-hmm. or it's like you can hook up a real guitar in your com- computer and play along with the software and learn songs. And, you know, I want to see like live global matchmaking, you know, for you're randomly meeting up with other musicians and you're live playing oh, asynchronously cool. over the computer. And you imagine how kids grind video games, you know, yeah. and grind match after <clears throat> match. They're going to be playing instruments and collaborating with other people and learning with other people across the internet, mm. hearing new sounds and just, um, you know, I think, and I think that's just the first, that's what I can only imagine at this moment. But I think from there, you bring that into VR, you bring other arts and mediums into that. And, you know, it, it becomes a whole new experience we can't even imagine. I think one of the new waves I think that is really going to take over, I really hope so, because I want to go on record and say I want to mix the first Slam album, 5.1. In space. Well, no, Wait. not in space, oh, but okay. in 5.1 Five. surround. Yeah. So oh. one of the most amazing things ever was I was in a movie theater, just re- like not recently, but it was a couple months ago. I don't remember which movie it was I went to go see, but it was a Travis Scott music video mixed for the theater. And it mm. was mixed in the surround format. And it was it was sick. Like I can there was elements That's, of the mix and the yeah. song that were playing in certain corners. Wow. And I started thinking about this and my, my brain has Whoa. been going off and on That's... and on and on. So I've been thinking about how I can mix the first mm. slam album in five point one, but I wow. need the setup. Yeah. The people yeah. listening to it would need to have a setup. Dude, you need to have a theater too. Well, I mean, and, and this reminds me of EDM, like one big thing with EDM and why people love it is the live aspect where they have these huge stages and there's the lights and of course the lasers, drugs though. and the, the pounding beat and how you feel it. But like, you know, you imagine going into a dark theater with just lights and mm-hmm, listening yeah. to... 5.1 slam <laughs> bro i mean that, that would be an experience i've already thought about the painting of symbols like in the 5.1s like <laughs> yeah like i've already thought about guitars where the vocals are gonna sit mm. dude i've thought that's, about like vocals in front of you and then you know then you get the stereo vocals mm. behind you yeah and it's like it becomes a, like a trifecta of sound like a triangle one yeah. directly in front of you two behind you of vocals for one big epic part like I've been wanting to do this for so long, but I don't have the way to like yeah. mix anything in 5.1. I don't tools. know shit about it. You know, I just know that that's certain placement. And I've seen videos. You, you're basically using an algor- algorithm that is a cube, and you just you know set things. Yeah. And within that cube, forward and back, up and down. You know, just basic 3D, and you just spatially put things. And I want to try it, but I don't know where how heavy I can compress stuff and like what it's going to sound like afterwards. And that's another thing I think is the future is 5.1 music. That's crazy. I didn't even think about that, that they like to program that they literally have a virtual 3d space that they're like, okay, we're going to have input output source here and here and here. And we're going to speaker systems are from the 50 to 60 to $70,000 range. (sighs) For the basic package, fuck, hundred thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollars. I'm pretty sure like the Amphion setup is like a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. 
It's a lot of fucking money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Just for a me lot. to record some shit slam from Indonesia. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Digging up. Let's do it. Yeah. Point one. Yeah. Hit up my boy Michael <laughs> once he gets six figures. One of these days. Yeah, One I'm going to be a millionaire days. from Slam. That would be fucking badass. <laughs> I mean, that would be cool. But hey, anything's possible in the future. Yeah. Who knows what the real addressable market of, of Slam it is in the world? Mm-hmm. It could be you know, a million people, 10 million people in the world. My fear, of 50. course, is people are going to end up trying to use slam parts for pop songs. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't it really always know happens somehow. It always, it always somehow happens. Like, like there's the going to be some gutturals some in kind of music. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, there'll they'll still be us slam elitist out there like, no, it sounds better when it's low IQ, knuckle dragon, caveman shit. You know? Like, what if Baby Metal releases a slam? I mean, slam Baby Metal song. got them riffs, though. They do. They have a badass drummer. They do. Yeah, yeah baby, metal, baby Metal is sick. Baby Metal is sick. Do <coughs> you have anything coming up? I want to give a wanna... shout-out to Ray Ray and Big Steve from Barbecue Joint down the street from my house. Coming yeah. in clutch. That yeah. fire-ass chicken <laughs> and that lemonade is fucking amazing. <laughs> Hell yeah. And the China, the China house down the street. <laughs> fire. I want to thank the Wave Dispensary for all the times they hooked me up with weed <laughs> whenever I had bands over. And we just got really, really stoned and made magic. <coughs> Did we smoke some of the Wave dispensary? Yeah. Or... I want to give a shout out to Swisher Sweet. Hey, if you wait, yeah. if you're trying to sponsor a podcast, hit us up. <laughs> Shit, if Swisher Sweet is trying to sponsor a producer. I'm your boy. I got stacks of them sticks. Honestly, yeah, them. your We've your desk them. could be a Swisher ad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So I hate when people are like, "Oh man, you smoke around your equipment." Shut the fuck up. That's why I bought it. It's like, man, it's a studio. We gonna we gonna smoke. Like, oh shit, what about alcohol? Hell to the no. Yeah. We don't do got standards out here, man. Yeah, we yeah. got standards yeah. out here. And you gotta worry about bro. weed spilling into my interface and burning it up. You know, there what you mean? go, or falling yeah. onto a speaker, On the keyboard or some shit. Exactly, sticky keyboard. We just smoke. <laughs> um, no. But yeah. Uh, all right, serious note. Serious note. I do I do want to thank like the bands that have given me a chance to just work on their magic. Like I'm completely forever grateful for it and I I love listening to an album that I did with a band and feeling all those memories all over again. That's why I always want to finish one, you know, but like you know, Sledge, Omen, The Tooth and Agony and my bands like, in my local friends, bands that I've that I've all done, Xeropthalmia, like, everybody has helped me get to the point to where I am now. And I'm completely indebted, um, everybody to allow me to make some mistakes on their stuff and learn from it. And everybody end up with something that they love, of course, in the end. And probably biggest shout out to Kramer for being my right hand dude. Big shout out for Joey for allowing me to record him so many fucking times. Big shout out to Skyler, you know, to coming to me to record all of his projects. Because when Skyler ends up replacing James Hetfield and Metallica, like <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be like, bro, you gotta get me in. Like, let's get some shit recorded. I'm trying to see that budget from the label. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, everybody doesn't. Nobody knows this yet. But Skyler is gonna be the new vocals for Metallica. Hell yeah. It's going to be the shit. Metallica money. (laughs) (laughs) But really, you know, and the tooth. You guys. You guys have really 
showed me what it's like to do a badass session that kicked ass the whole fucking way. It was so Dude, easy. So you. easy. It was, you were super easy to work with, too. And, and that's how I, I want to be. I want to be easy to work with and everybody just to enjoy. But it's really not all about me. It's all about the bands that I've worked with. Because it, it doesn't... It, it doesn't mean it means a lot to me but it doesn't mean everything to me mm. you know what i mean like yeah. the mm-hmm. you know how well it does an album does with a band like it does matter mm-hmm. it does matter but it's not everything to me because i don't want to allow it to cloud the magic and it's like i would totally do 10 more albums with the tooth i would totally do 10 more albums with sledge and omen you know what i mean like I'm probably going to do 10 more albums with Strangle and Aberrant Construct <laughs> and all my other bands. Uh, shout out to Cook and Crank with Uncle Fester. This is my grind band. Shout out to Frosty the Snowman, Little Pee Pee Main, Whisper Main, and Big Verb. And yeah, that's Hell about yeah. it. We're well, thankful for you, Michael. Yeah, thank you for I'm coming thankful on. Thank you guys. Thanks for being on. Okay, bye. bye.